Welcome to the Your Purpose is Calling podcast, conversations with Christians who are finding purpose, redefining work, and changing their world. I'm your host, Don Sadler. Have you ever struggled with how to be completely content in your current season and still have big faith for what God will do in your future? If so, this episode is definitely for you. My guest today is Aisha Taylor. Aisha works for one of the largest tech companies in the world, Google. I've known her for a few years now and have a great deal of respect for Aisha and how she lives out this balance between contentment and ambition. I'm really excited to share this conversation with you, and I truly believe you'll be equipped and inspired by Aisha's practical wisdom. You can access the show notes for today's episode at donsadler.com slash 038. The Your Purpose is Calling podcast is brought to you by The Peak Page. The Peak Page is a free printable daily planner that has five high-performance productivity tools on a single page. The Peak Page can help you create more time, energy, and results in your day. Download your free copy at donsadler.com slash peak. And now, let's meet Aisha. Hi, Aisha. Welcome to the show. Hello, Don. Excited to be here. Yeah, I'm so excited to have you here. This interview is a very long time coming. We've been talking about this um, and getting together for this interview for such a long time. Yeah. Um, so I'm so excited to dive in and to share your story with everyone listening. So for anyone who does not yet know who you are and what you do, tell us a little bit more about yourself. Sure. My name is Aisha Taylor, and I am a community engagement manager at Google, uh, which means that I am responsible for building partnerships uh, with nonprofits and other key stakeholders and help to drive, um, ultimately, economic opportunity and social impact for the community through Google's tools and resources. Um, so that might sound um, a little lofty in practical terms. I um, am overseeing two key projects right now. Um, one is a new Grow with Google uh, learning center that we opened in New York City. So um, heading up all the programming and partnerships for that where we offer free digital skills classes to the community for small business owners, entrepreneurs, um, folks just wanting to upskill for jobs, um, educators, and students. And then um, I'm also overseeing what we call the Grow with Google Partner Program, which is a national program where any nonprofit organization, library, or some government institutions can apply to get access to all of our tools and resources, and then take that and bring it to their own communities and bring um, their own workshops with our content. The thing that I love about that, there's so much that we're going to dive into. First and foremost, we all want to know what's it really like to work at Google. It <laughs> seems like a dream job. So we're going to jump into that. Yeah. Um, but the part of, the st of your story that I really uh, love is that you equip and empower uh, entrepreneurs with some real world training and lots of other tools. And even though you're not an entrepreneur, you have a heart for this because of your mom, yeah. right? Tell yeah, us about that. I do. So my mom is um, definitely a serial entrepreneur. She is um, ambitious and passionate and loves uh, starting new ventures and initiatives and seeing things come to life. Um, I That's not something that I feel like I lean towards as much, but I think um, seeing the, the process and the drive and I think the um, courage to take risks and the ability to bounce back even through failure or setbacks is something that I really admire. Um, and I think entrepreneurs um, and small business owners really have the potential to change the trajectory of their families. They have um, the potential to really change the trajectory of communities that they come from um, because they're, they're building wealth and ownership, um, not just necessarily working and building that for someone else. Um, and again, it's something that I, I really admire and the potential for social impact through that. Um, and so so I, yeah, I've always had um, uh, just excitement for empowering entrepreneurs, and um, I love the, the strategic angle of, of building and scaling initiatives and projects and companies, um, and so that's probably where, where some of it comes from, and I love that so many more 
more women are feeling confidence and encouraged to start their own businesses and um, just, yeah, seeing firsthand what it takes to do that and do it well, um, I know it takes a lot. So I'm excited that I have some of the tools and resources at my disposal to help um, empower people in doing that. And I think that's such an important piece of it to be able to have that heart, but then to align, to be aligned, employed by, but also aligned with one of the most powerful companies on the planet, um, to share those resources with others. It's a really unique position to be in, right? It is. It is. Um, it's great. I feel like, Thankfully, I definitely have a, a lot of resources and tools um, because Google has so many products that um, actually are ultimately helpful for entrepreneurs and small business owners, whether it's becoming more productive in your actual operations um, through like collaborative tools or um, learning how to market your business and find customers online. And so um, I... the previous program that I ran, I was able to go around the country and speak to so many different women and minority-owned businesses and um, see firsthand the impact that it ha- that this knowledge and the tools have in, and again, like changing the trajectory of their business and potential for growth. Um, so that's been really exciting. And I come from a nonprofit background ultimately. So I'm, I'm the novelty of having, <laughs> having lots of resources um, at our disposal has not worn off. Yeah, I want to talk about that a little bit. I think, um, you know, as an entrepreneur for the last, I don't know, 10, 12 years, I feel like it's, there's so much that Google does for entrepreneurs that I think is taken for granted. Um, for example, Google Analytics alone, the fact that wow. that is a free tool, I mean, that it could have easily charged so much money. And the list goes on and on. Google Drive, you know, all the stuff. Um, Google has really been a champion for this culture of people starting businesses at a faster rate than ever. I really feel like, mm-hmm. I really feel like Google has been such a, a key player in that. And I just don't think that that's I mean, I know you probably talk about it all day, but from the other side, as somebody who uses the tools, I don't think that's talked about enough. I think Google has been phenomenal in that regard. I know. I agree. And I think that's that was part of my um, former job and still part of my current job today is to make sure that people actually are aware and that they have access, um, I think is so important because the, yeah, the tools and products are only as good as the the usage. And so what we found is that there were a, a lot of entrepreneurs and small business owners that weren't aware of the tools and resources, or they weren't aware of what they could do with them, or they felt intimidated by things like Google Analytics and um and that sort of thing. So I think I was really excited that we started offering free classes and workshops and resources to really help people um, feel more confident and um, become aware of the tools and then equip them to be able to take that out and actually implement um, new strategies with some of our tools. Yeah. Um, I am going to get to your background a little bit. I yeah. promise. I keep saying that I'm going to, but there's so many, so many things that I think are, are really fun. So because you are fully entrenched in this all day, what are three tools for entrepreneurs that Google offers that you think are really fun or exciting or particularly useful? Um, great question. Um, I think you nailed it with uh, Google Analytics. Um, I think it's such an underutilized uh, tool for so many um, so many business owners, and that really just helps you understand your web traffic and sources, which is um, really key to know what kind of marketing channels are most effective or um, what pages on your website are, are resonating most with your clients and what's actually helping drive to conversions or leads. So that's That's super, super key. I think also, um, depending on if you do have any marketing budget at all, Google Ads, um, formerly called AdWords, is actually a really, um, really helpful tool when targeting people on our um, homepage. So um, obviously, everyone wants to get up on the search page, and that's super important. And there's a lot that you can learn about just from your the way that your website is structured um, that helps kind of match what people are searching for. Um, but if you want to sometimes expand your purview to find new customers that may not already be looking for you, but you want to bid on certain keywords that you know are relevant, um, then Google Ads and Google AdWords is um, another really important tool if that's the right thing for you at your business stage. 
Um, and then a third, I'd say from just a productivity standpoint, if you're not already using Google Docs, that is definitely in like Google Drive and our G Suite. Um, that's a game changer uh, because there's just, it's if you're collaborating with anyone internally or you're sending proposals out or you need to iterate on things in real time from your phone on the go, from if you travel a lot, um, I think just being able to access all of your docs and create presentations really easily and send them out and edit in real time um, is also super helpful just for saving time and staying organized. I love Google Drive so much. I still, like I said, I can't believe Google gives all this stuff away for free. (laughs) I do want to say on ads, I want to put my marketing hat on for just a moment because I know that there's, you know, Facebook ads and Instagram ads are all the rage. It seems to be what everybody's talking about. And I love those tools and I use them. But... um, but Google ads are, are always, um, great because people type in exactly what they're searching for. You know, I scroll through my Instagram and I've got things pop up and I'm like, I don't care about that. Why are you bugging me? I just want (laughs) to see my babies, you know, my friend's new baby. Um, and I, and I, and let me say, I run those ads. So, (laughs) you know, people have seen my ads, but if you are looking for something specific, you're not going to go to Instagram. You're still going to go to Google. Yeah. You're going to type that in and you're going to find a really targeted audience. Yeah. And I know that this is not a marketing <laughs> podcast, but I feel like, I feel like sometimes, again, practical I just feel like tools. Google offers, yeah, they are practical tools and don't, don't always chase the shiny object. Google knows what they're doing. Um, <laughs> Thanks, Don. So, yeah. yeah. I would plus. Plus one, as we say internally, and just one other piece um, of information about the ads piece. Um, again, just I think having practical um, insight and tools and tips are always helpful. Is um, to your point, I think what we found is when people are searching for something, they're in um, a really prime like um, point, like what we call moments that matter. They're they're looking with a really strong intention. So they're already very low at the marketing funnel. Um, when you think about like, you know, awareness, consideration, purchase, and, and loyalty, they're right on that cusp between like consideration and usually like purchase or action. So, um, you know, different marketing tools have different functions. And I think Google search is really, really helpful for capturing customers um, or leads when they're in like that prime moment where they're looking for something and you hopefully have a solution that they're looking for. Yeah, I think that's right. And closest, we call it in sales, closest to the money. There are people yeah. who are closest to the money. Yep, I love that. Tell like it is. Um, <laughs> so uh, I love that. So this is not a marketing podcast. We could talk for yeah. hours, I'm sure, on yeah. that. But uh, you did not start out with a goal to work for Google and to be in this space. No. You had a very different career path um, yeah. at first. Tell us about that. Yeah, um, it's been a really interesting career path. I love seeing where God takes you and how He weaves kind of your your path um, together. So, I I grew up in Vancouver, Canada. I studied international relations and policy and international development in undergrad. Um, and when I graduated, I actually wanted to live abroad. I I was hoping to move to somewhere in Southern Africa and work for a nonprofit um, in the field and on the ground doing community development. Um, and uh, I ended up in the polar opposite place, which is New York City, um, for a myriad of personal um, reasons, but but came, you know, excited, loved the city, um, but did not have any job um, or job connection or network at all. And I, to be honest, really didn't have a lot of job experience, work experience from my undergrad. I, I worked part-time um, as a waitress, as a server in a restaurant, helped a little bit with my mom and her business. Um, and so I started my career at um, a nonprofit organization. And, and this was also just a God's provision when I came, again, not really knowing knowing much about the market, not having any connection, um, I met a woman at a church retreat for a church that I was checking out, and um, she actually was from South Africa, was in New York for um, just about a week, but actually knew a lot of people in the nonprofit community in New York City. And so she gave me one name of one person who was an SVP at a nonprofit um, that does really incredible work, which I'll share a little bit about um, after. And uh, I ended up emailing her 
it led to um, an internship at an organization that focused on global health and international development. But um, the mission was actually to engage the corporate sector, large multinational corporations in um, global health and corporate social responsibility and to help build public-private partnerships between major corporations and organizations like the UN, um, the World Bank, um, the Global Health uh, Foundations and, and World Health Organization, and then also partner with local organizations and ministers of health and development in countries. So it was this really, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was amazing. It, I, I didn't even know that work like that really existed because I was so focused just on, I think the nonprofit sector, I really didn't even, um, and, and government, but I really didn't grasp the role that companies can play in, um, in development. And so that was incredible. Um, again, I definitely felt like God had placed me there for a reason, if nothing else, to just expose me to that world and that potential um, and got a chance to travel to different countries around the world and see incredible leaders talk about how millions of dollars get shifted around in, in different global health and development efforts. And most of all, got to work with um, a lot of major corporations that you would have heard of from Chevron to MTV to HBO to um, uh, CPG companies and and work with the folks on their end who are trying to figure out what roles their companies should play in um, in having positive impact in the world. Um, and so after about four or five, about four years, I started to think about what was next. I felt like I kind of hit a plateau within the organization. And I, I thought like, I, um, I usually think in like threes. And so I was like, I have three options at this kind of like nexus like juncture. One is to really like blaze through and try to, um, you know, move forward in the organization and really grow and figure out what my long-term trajectory is here over the next at least few years to longer term. The other is to leverage the network that I've built now and move out into another um, social impact or corporate social responsibility focused organization. And then the third was to think about going to grad school. Um, and I really felt like I had to put on my heart to, to better grasp strategy and corporate strategy um, and to, to really complement a lot of the skills and passion that I had around international development and social impact, um, but also really understand how things work just at the nuts and bolts of major companies, um, what influences companies, what drives their bottom line to be able to more effectively marry those two things. I think I, um, I really felt like I needed to have kind of both skill sets. So I ended up applying for grad school. Um, I did um, an MBA. I applied for a number of programs in, um, in a very, very short time frame. By the time I felt like God had given me the green light to, to go, I had about three months to study for my GMAT, write all my essays, do all my applications, and um, thankfully got into a number of schools and ended up going um, out to Berkeley to do an MBA for two years. Um, I, uh, while I was at Berkeley, I thought that I would go into consulting um, for two years. I was like, that's where I'll get my strategy chops go into consulting. Um, so I did the first year of like case interviews and consulting, which are brutal. I don't know if you've ever gone through like case interview prep, but um, it was, it, it's just not, not my favorite, but I powered through anyways, because I thought that was where I needed to land next. And um, I, I didn't end up going through interviews. I think I had an offer for a consulting firm for the summer internship. And then Google really came out of nowhere. Um, they, I guess they had access to a bunch of profiles um, for folks who were at Berkeley and um, reached out just saying that they had roles for people with non-traditional backgrounds. So not just kind of in the tech focused um, work and to consider applying. And I put it off and I put it off and I didn't think much of it because I was not interested in tech at all. Obviously, lots of my classmates were. I was in the Bay Area, very close to Silicon Valley. Um, it just wasn't necessarily my dreamer passion. Um, so, I, but I ended up. I was like, okay, I can't not apply. So I just like dropped my resume. I was like, they don't need a cover letter. Fantastic. Um, dropped my resume, and then I ended up getting um, ultimately an internship. So I can pause there. Keep keep telling you about the internship to conversion story. Um, 
But um, ultimately, I think through my experience um, as an intern, I a realized Google is a great place to work, and I love food, and they supply a lot of food, so that was definitely a win. Um, but I, I really liked the culture that they were building and this like innovative kind of entrepreneurial culture. And again, even though I don't feel like I'm necessarily an entrepreneur, I do really respect that kind of um, vision and passion and entrepreneurial spirit. And I felt like the company still had a lot of that. And so um, I ended up getting an offer to come back full time and came back in a very, very different position than A, I'm in now and B, I ever thought I would I would be in. Um, I started in ad sales in like our sales and marketing team, working with all of our major corporations, first in healthcare and pharma, and but then um, ultimately ended up in the media and entertainment um, division where I was working with HBO and Warner Brothers and um, a number of publications on their advertising strategies. I think that's such an important um, piece of the story because I think oftentimes we think about um, calling as we're going to talk about, you know, you know, feeling called to where you are. But I think that, oh, I feel called to this. So that has to look like this job description, not really understanding that sometimes there are, you know, there's other you know, steps to that, or even I don't really know what my calling is, but that we can step forward to what God is, the door that God is opening right in front of us. And we can trust that as long as we go in there with, you know, with a a heart to serve and to glorify God and work as worship and the whole thing, Mm -hmm. um, that every season has purpose and he is faithful to guide us, not only in spite of those positions, but through those positions. And I think that um, there's not enough conversation around sort of the, like the in-between, the value of those in-between seasons. Do you think that that was true for you? Oh, absolutely. I, um, I think I've always, um, been more incremental in, I think, my vision for purpose, success. Um, it, it, it hasn't necessarily been like one North Star as much as it's been, this is the general direction. I, I think I've, I've always had something in kind of in, your, in my belly, I guess, for, um, for equity and um, empowering underserved communities and, and all of that. But it has looked vastly, vastly different than I than I thought. Um, and my, my guide is usually like, do I have peace about the place that God is that placed me right now? Or do I have peace about the, the door that he's opening or the place that I'm pursuing? Um, and what can I learn where I am regardless of whether it necessarily makes sense? I never would have thought that my next step after working in advertising sales would be um, running a program to help women and minority-owned businesses um, understand our marketing platforms. And I never probably would have got that position had I not had experience um, in the latter role. And that position was has very transformational in terms of my leadership and understanding of different um, corporate dynamics. So um, I think... If we're super fixated just on the North Star success and we don't have appreciation for the incremental steps um, and the process, then so much of the journey gets lost and we lose appreciation for it. And and most of life is actually that journey. <laughs> um, I don't know if there's anyone who ends up landing in one specific position and is like, this is it. I can like retire. I never need to do anything again if they achieve that very early on or without a process and a journey. Um, So I think that has, I've learned that now much more in hindsight as I've seen God weave together different experiences and take me through places that I never would have, would have gone. But I feel like it's kind of like a river. And if you're trying to like constantly fight it. It's an arduous process. And I think if you're, you know, if you feel like you're partnering with the Holy Spirit in the process of that, there's a natural kind of just flow and you can release some of the outcome when you're comfortable with who's guiding you in the process. Yeah, it's so interesting because, you know, we were we were talking a little bit about this before. The thing that I find so fascinating and inspiring about you, and, you know, I've had the great fortune of knowing you for a few years now, is 
you are somebody who is ambitious, but you are not a striver. You don't strive towards things. And we live here in New York City and, you know, it's the city of strivers. I think it's the official (laughs) motto, strive or die. But, um, but you have this really great balance. I remember the first time I met you and, and it, it, it just seems like here in New York, everybody's trying to get to somewhere, some pinnacle, some point. And you were somebody that I met from the very first day I met you. And you were like, I'm content. And it wasn't just, it wasn't, it's not mediocrity. It's not settling. <laughs> it's, I am truly content in the place that God has me even though I can also believe for more at the same time. And I think that's such a, such a rare thing. I I mean, I, it's, it, I'm not that way. I, like I said, (laughs) it inspires me, but where do you, where does, how do you, how how does that even work? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think, um, you know, I definitely don't have a magic formula. I think it's, it's a, probably a combination. I think, um, as I said, my mom and I are, are wired so differently and she's always like, what's the next thing, you know? And, and, um, my dad is like much, much more mellow. I feel like I'm kind of like this in between where I'm like have the mellow side and the ambitious side somehow like merged together. But I think, um, uh, honestly, a lot of it has to do with, um, trusting God in the process. And I know that might sound, um, pretty like basic. And, um, one of the scriptures that I love, which we can talk about more later, um, really speaks to trust being an anchor. And I think I feel pretty rooted in knowing that God is for me and therefore I'm not in, I'm not in it to try to get the next thing on my own, that he has things that are specifically for me, that I have my own lane and, um, that I can trust that in the, in partnership with him, that he'll guide me to the right places and at the right times. And, um, that my job is to really do the best that I possibly can to really honor every opportunity that he gives me to, um, to steward those opportunities really, really well. Um, and to, to again, like trust him with some of the outcomes. And that doesn't mean that you don't, you don't have to be, especially if you're a business owner, like you need to be thinking about metrics and outcomes. Um, but, but knowing that that's not, it's not ultimately on me. It's not ultimately all on my shoulders. That would feel like a lot of, a lot of weight. Um, and I, again, I think to this like point of, of the river that I think about, um, I love to just operate in the place of his grace and, and it's more important to me to be like, I'm exactly where I know I'm supposed to be. And, um, that to me is, is success. I remember a preacher talking about like, you know, at the end of, um, my life, when I think about success now, and he was definitely farther along, I thought was I, um, obedient and I, I steward well, um, kind of at every crossroads. And I think because I think about life more as a journey and like a jigsaw puzzle than like one linear path, I'm like, um, okay, going through and kind of being okay, navigating the complexities of the journey, um, and being, I guess, yeah, content in the process. And that doesn't mean I don't get frustrated sometimes or have had setbacks or disappointments and discouragements as those things are real. Um, and I've also had to balance, um, being okay with being more like go-getter and motivated because my natural personality is sometimes to be like shrink back and like, you know, let, let other people, um, take the platform or, or, you know, be more competitive and that type of thing. That's not naturally my, my personality type, but I also, I think what God has also revealed is that it's okay to step up also in the fullness of who you are and to go for the fullness of what he's called you to and to advocate for yourself or to, um, be very ambitious with your goals and what you want and what you desire while also, partnering with him in, in trusting him in the process. Um, and don't you also find, cause I think about this in my own life as well. And I, and, and, uh, I'd be curious on your thoughts is that don't you just sometimes look around at where you are, you're at Google, you're doing this phenomenal work for entrepreneurs. Do you ever think like, I could have never dreamed this up on my own. Completely. Yes. <laughs> all the, all the time. All the, there's many, 
many moments. Um, and that's a, another thing. Like I, I will never take for granted where God's placed me. And that's partially because I didn't strive to get here. I didn't, um, you know, like muscle my way through it. I worked very hard. And again, I feel like I was very, I'm usually pretty diligent in, um, wherever I am. And I definitely have goals and set those and try to achieve them. But I think I have an appreciation for every place that I end up because I, I know that it wasn't just me. I remember at, at, um, when I was in business school, it was like the first week that I think I got there. And I, I remember just looking around and going to Berkeley had actually been a dream of mine since I was, um, a girl. Uh, my dad grew up in Berkeley, California, and I, uh, you know, I had Cal gear from the time I was probably like seven or eight, um, but <laughs> never really thought that I would go there. And, you know, fast forward years and years later, never thought I'd even do a master's in business, had no interest in the business sector really before. Um, and I remember looking around at the campus and wearing one of my Cal sweatshirts that I had gotten when I was like 10 or something with like holes in it, but I still love it. I still have it. And, um, and I had this vision of me in a boat and I was like kayaking and it was like, you know, the, the Holy Spirit was behind me and kayaking too. And you couldn't, you couldn't see him, but I was going farther and faster because I wasn't in the boat by myself. Like there was, there was definitely a wind behind me and, and God was partnering with me and working with me in the process. And, and I was just like paddling as I was supposed to, but I was like, wow, I'm like paddling really fast. I'm getting a lot farther than I thought. Um, and I feel like God just showed me a picture of himself kind of in that boat with me. And I think that stayed, stayed with me. So, um, I think, and I've been able to look back and see the way that God has used different seasons and, just opened doors that I could not have opened, led me to places I would not have even thought to, to go. Um, and so I think that, you know, your history with God starts to build something within you. And that history with God has built within me a trust that he's in it with me, that I can trust him in the process, and that there isn't one destination. Like, we're on an adventure together, and I get to stop at different places and learn different things. And I don't, I don't think that I'll have the kind of career where I'll do one thing for decades and decades. Even the work that I'm in now, I love. I feel super fulfilled by it. I have no plans on leaving. I also know it's probably not going to be something I do forever. So I, I just, I think I have a bit of a, a sense of enjoying the process and enjoying the adventure that I'm on because I think I just trust that God's guiding me in the incremental steps. We'll return to my interview with Aisha Taylor in just a moment. But first, I want to let you know that I send out a free coaching email each week with practical advice from a Christian perspective to help you be more productive as you pursue all that God is calling you to. Join a community of thousands of business owners, career professionals, and ministry leaders who receive this email each week. Sign up at donsadler.com slash subscribe. And now back to my interview with Aisha Taylor. Yeah, it's so funny in my own life looking back, um, you know, over the last few decades, what I've realized is that anything that I have strived on my own to get always eventually fell apart. But anything that I, uh, you know, that came to me through the grace of God without my striving is what remains and what is steadfast even today. And so I think it's, uh, you know, we could, again, we could probably do a whole podcast on striving. <laughs> um, uh, in the few minutes that we have be uh, left before we go to the final five, I want to jump back to uh, I want to jump back to something that you said around peace. Do I have peace around something? Because I hear um, as a Christian coach, I hear people talk about this a yeah. lot, and I think it's one of the most misunderstood phrases <laughs> yes. um, ever. Right? Um, because I think sometimes people say that as well, I want a guarantee that this is going to all work out. That's what no. peace looks like yeah, to me. No. <laughs> um, 
or we look at Bible characters who God calls to some great adventure and they have no peace mm -hmm. at all, right? They're completely freaked out by the idea. And so talk to me about what that means for you when you say, do I have peace about yeah. it? You know, very practically, what does that mean for you? Yeah, I think, um, you know, whenever there's a decision point in front of me, I, you know, like most Christians I usually pray about it. Um, I'll definitely seek counsel and think about, you know, the practicalities of that when I walk the decision out a little farther out from the present, like, okay, where, where could and this possibly lead? Um, or what's the opportunity here or, um, uh, some of that. And then I think there's also, there's been, to your point about peace, it definitely isn't, um, okay, all the pieces line up, this makes sense. And I, it feels like the most secure decision, which I think sometimes people, I think, take synonymously with peace. Um, for me, it's usually like a settled feeling. It's hard to explain, but like a settled feeling regardless of the circumstance. So I think in like the job that I mentioned before where I was um, and launched a program to help women and minority-owned businesses, by so many respects, I knew that it was more risky. Um, I knew that I might not have a, the same job a year from then and to be honest, that's exactly what happened. Um, I was working with, you know, major um, media brands and working on really interesting, like huge deals with um, with different media companies. And by some respects, it might have looked like almost a step back. Um, but I just had like an internal kind of like gut piece that like this would be the right next thing. And it was a mix of that feeling. And then also mapping towards like, um, what I, what I wanted and what I was looking for in my next role. It wasn't a specific, it wasn't a specific title. It wasn't a specific team. It was some, some general kind of like principles. And so it was both a mix of the feeling that I had. And also when I, when I aligned it back to like, what are the principles, what's underlying what I'm looking for? this does end up matching up. Um, so I think that that has been helpful. Again, there's like, I think everyone kind of has a little bit of, um, and it doesn't mean there isn't fear associated. I definitely remember like being like, oh my gosh, did I do the right thing? I felt the same way when I ended up going to Berkeley and turning down another school where like I ultimately was like, okay, I just have a, I have to make a decision. <laughs> This is the one that I feel the most peace about, but I still like mourned the loss of the other school that I didn't go to and the people that I was going to go to school with. Funny, I met my roommate actually um, when I was at the info session for the other school and we ended up rooming together like years later. So there was something there for me. And so I, I think there's like two things that I, I would say people should consider. One is that when you make a decision and you're, you're trying to find that place of peace and what feels right, know that that's not going to feel that way 100% of the time. And there will always be trade-offs. There will always be an opportunity cost. There will almost always be something that you're letting go of to take hold of whatever else it is that you feel like is the thing that you're called to or the thing that you have peace about. And it's okay if you feel still some sense of like, ooh, this feels scary, or this is a risk, or um, I'm sad that I had to let this other thing go, or I'm feeling restless about that. I don't think peace is the absence of any, any hard other feelings. Um, I think it's just the, this, what feels a little bit more <laughs> overwhelming, like you feel a little bit more overwhelmed by peace, or you at least feel like of the things that I can do, this is, this is the lane that I feel settled in my spirit about. And also I trust that like, if that's not the case, if this leads to a closed door eventually or, or something else that, um, that I'm surrendered in the process that I'm like, okay, God, like with what I know and with, with, with the spirit living in me, this is what I feel like is the best thing. And I'm very open to being wrong about that or for you to course correct me or, um, to help me navigate if for some reason it isn't. And I'm, my heart and my hands are open um, to hear from you and, and to be redirected if needed. So I think, you know, continuing to have that posture of humility with the Lord, 
even after you've made a decision or even after you've pursued something and kind of put a stake in the ground. Um, and then I think the other piece is really thinking through different decisions or opportunities or trade-offs um, in, in a manner where you're getting to the root of what it is that actually matters as opposed to the, the tactics. So as I mentioned before, um, when I left one role to take another that felt a lot more risky, um, it wasn't because of the title. It wasn't because of the team. It was because before I started to even look, I wrote down like, here are the three things that I ultimately want. It was like, I think ownership and autonomy over something. It was, uh, having some sort of social impact lens and, um, I think some flexibility for travel. And so it ended up hitting those things, even though it was a different role. And so I think in whatever, choice, decision, opportunity you have in in front of you, you can also practically look at like the underlying things of not just what's, what's the thing that's screaming the loudest, like getting to a place of stillness and quietness with you and the Lord and being like, okay, what's the root of what I'm looking for? Um, And sometimes the thing that might feel like the greatest opportunity may not actually be ultimately, if you were paired, paired down what you're looking for, there may be trade-offs that aren't worth it. And so I think in a process of getting still and being reflective and looking beyond just the, um, the immediacy, but looking kind of at some of the principles that you have that undergird some of your decisions and choices and opportunities. Yeah, I think that's good. And I think I'm a big advocate for writing things down and just like you said, you know, what is the root here, but also just even what's my motivation for wanting that, right? Yep, totally. because we can have something written down, but if we've got a motivation that is based in fear yeah. or, um, you know, a need for status, then it's going to be really hard for us to have peace about that decision. Do you think that's true? Yeah, ab- absolutely. And that, yeah, completely. And I think that's where like, when you have some of those principles, some of the greatest opportunities may not have as much of the status, maybe a trade-off of money. There may be some things that, um, like, the moving to New York city instead of going to, um, Southern Africa where it, I was actually more deterred sometimes by like the big shiny things. I was like, Oh no, I'm afraid of my motivation now. But ultimately I know that I'm supposed to go and I, it does line up with things that I actually want to do and learn. And so, um, yeah, I think understanding your, your root system, understanding your motivation, understanding your principles are super helpful because those things, um, those things should remain mostly consistent, all, you know, changing in certainly in different seasons of life or um, those things can absolutely shift. But I think sometimes having kind of those like anchored, um, anchored kind of truths for yourself and, and what ultimately matters is super helpful um, when you're like navigating, yeah, different opportunities and decisions. I love that your personal root system. That's that's brilliant. Um, so we are going to switch gears. First of all, thank you so much for sharing your story. There's so much wisdom in it, and I never get an hour oh with God. you, so I'm <laughs> so excited. I'm going to listen to this over and over. But um, but as we wrap up, I do want to move to our final five. These are five questions designed to further resource our listeners. Yes. And so we will start with, other than the Bible, what is one book that changed your life and why? Yeah, that's a tough one because I feel like different books, um, similar to scripture, sometimes different books have different meaning at, at various points of your life. But I'll share an example of a book that um, was particularly meaningful um, at one stage, and that was actually um, Lioness Arising by Lisa Bevere. And I think um, it was more so because of the stage that I was in, and I felt like God was actually just awakening a lot within me, and He was um, showing me a lot about my identity and what He called me to ultimately, and um, was also just breaking off different lies and areas um, of unbelief that I didn't even realize that I had. And so um, that book almost was a, a kind of a confirmation about things that God had spoken to me about before that was sort of affirming through both the literal title, um, but also some of the um, the insight that, that Lisa Bevere shared at that time. So I think that that's a helpful book. And for me in particular, again, just because of the stage um, that I was in and what God was speaking to me about at that time. Yeah, that's so great. 
Um, what is one podcast that you're listening to now and why? Um, well, besides your purpose is calling, which is always a good one. Um, and I love Ashley's um, podcast, Why Though, which just cracks me up and is, brings you to straight truth. Um, I will be honest that I do not have um, as much time to listen to podcasts because I live closer to the office now. And so I used to listen more on commute. So now I actually listen to just different sermons on um, online and different YouTube. One good one that I listened to recently was um, with Stephen Furtnick and T.D. Jakes. And, you know, regardless of kind of what your leaning is in, in kind of the Christian faith and walk, it was really cool to see and hear from someone who is definitely like farther ahead about like the tenacity of continuing on in your walk. And then someone who clearly is, you know, kind of becoming in, in their journey and their like platform and um, just to see some of the wisdom and insight that they shared and um, really gave me an appreciation of a like standing the test of time and also um, just getting wisdom and insight from people who have been kind of in similar lanes but might be farther ahead and and having that collaborative discussion it gave me certainly an appreciation for that so I know it's not a podcast but if you have time nope, for it. That's great. I love that. What is your favorite Bible verse and why? Um, it's Jeremiah 17, 7 um, to 8. And it's, uh, blessed is the man or woman who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. He is like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream and does not fear when heat comes, for its leaves remain green and is not anxious in the year of drought, for it does not cease to bear fruit. Um, and I love that um, probably because of some of what I've talked about today. It's just when your um, root system and your anchor is trusting in God, it, you can still be fruitful and bear fruit. And fruit doesn't mean always like productivity and success, but you can still be fruitful and still thrive even in seasons of drought, even when the storm comes, um, because you're connected to a, a deeper source and stream that you're drawing from constantly and not just reliant on your own strength. I love that. I love that. Um, what is the best business advice you ever received? Um, yeah, when I was young in my first job, I remember um, my boss was a senior vice president, extremely busy, and um, I was a project coordinator on her team, and I was learning a lot, so I was constantly coming to her with like issues and challenges and problems, and I remember one day she sat me down, and she's like, Aisha, like, never come to me with a problem without thinking through a solution first. And I was like, but why would I come to you with a problem if I had a solution? <laughs> that seems counterintuitive. A waste of my time. <laughs> but um, what, what she was showing me and what has stuck with me is every time I have a problem or challenge now, instead of freaking out or instead of having to like go to a more senior person, um, I'll first think through, like, I might actually have a solution for it. It empowered me to think through solutions or at least to approach and bring a problem forth and say, here's the problem. Here are the different solutions that I've thought through or at least potential solutions. And to just have done that next step of thinking um, to sometimes unlock opportunities or solutions um, because I, I felt more empowered to do so. Yeah, I think that's such invaluable advice for anyone, um, whether it's you're going to your boss or whether you're going to a client or whatever it is. I think that's, yeah. I think that's really strong. Um, what advice would you give to somebody who is, who really wants to find that balance between, um, between being content where they are, um, and, um, but yet ambitious without striving? Like what's one piece of advice you would give to somebody who's, who's wanting more of that, i.e. me? No, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think um, two, well, one thing. Um, I would say jot, jot down your, your ambition, your long-term goal, your purpose, like what you feel like your purpose is, what your goals are and all of that. And I think... Um, and this is sounds again like simple and practical. I would pray over those things with with God, entrust them, even if you have to do something like symbolic kind of act, and um, and then I think invite in like and try to invite in a sense of kind of like wonder and peace with the 
adventure and the journey and the process. Um, I think look for look for the milestones and be okay with incremental success, so to speak. Um, and and so yeah, I think that's a simple one. I think it's good to get it out. I love writing things down. I love I love having a direction that I want to go in. Um, and then the process of sometimes like releasing what it looks like to get there um, can be really empowering because yeah, there's there's many many avenues. So um, I think writing writing it down, but also releasing some of the the aspects of the process possible, and maybe having an accountability buddy in the process for that, <laughs> um, having someone who who you can just talk it out with and who can encourage you um, along that way. Yeah, I love that. I love releasing the releasing the process. In the just the couple quick moments that we have left, do you mind saying a prayer over listeners? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, Lord, I thank you for the power of testimony. I thank you for the power of being able to share what you've done. Um, I thank you so much for everything that you've done in my life, God. And I just um, release blessing and favor and deep anchored trust in you in the process of pursuing the great and lofty things that you have ahead of us. God, when you say that your plans um, are greater than we can even imagine, God, I know that that's true because I know that you've done so much of that in my life. And so, Lord, I pray over anxious hearts right now. I pray over people that might feel inadequate or feel like they're not doing enough or they're scared because they don't know what their purpose is, God. Um, I pray that you would walk them through small steps, incremental steps at whatever juncture that they would see your fingerprints um, wherever they are and that you would continually guide them through the next thing and that they would trust the guide, that we would trust you in the process and um, be able to release some of the outcomes and, and just enjoy walking with you and adventuring through life, knowing that you're for them and knowing that you have good, incredible things for them ahead. Thank you also for Dawn and just her stewarding of the gifts that she has and for this platform that you've given. I pray um, that she would just continue to empower so many people who are running hard and fast after you and running hard and fast after the things that you've called them to, um, letting fear go and being okay with risks and setbacks and everything that comes along with um, being people who go after big things um, and go after you. Amen. Amen. Aisha, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. Thank you, Don. Um, anytime. And thanks everyone for listening. <laughs> I'd like to thank my guest, Aisha Taylor, for joining me today. Just a reminder that you can access the show notes for today's episode at donsadler.com slash 038. If you'd like to hear more conversations with Christians who are finding purpose, redefining work, and changing their world, subscribe on iTunes and leave us a review. The Your Purpose is Calling podcast is brought to you by The Peak Page. The Peak Page is a free printable daily planning tool that has five high-performance productivity tools on a single page. The Peak Page can help you create more time, energy, and results in your day. Download your free copy at donsather.com slash peak. This has been the Your Purpose is Calling podcast. I'm your host, Don Sadler. Thanks for listening.